Well, if you're all joyful, I won't have to preach this. <laughs> but this is our experience of Advent. As we lead up to Christmas, we focus our meditations on these four themes, starting with hope, last week peace, this week joy, next week love. Now, this week you're supposed to experience joy, but don't experience love. That doesn't happen <laughs> till next week. This is our joy week. Joy is associated with the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. Because it's used in a prominent way in both birth narratives in Matthew's gospel and John's gospel. Now, if you're not aware of it, uh, the other two gospels in our New Testament, Mark and John, do not have an account of the birth of Jesus. Mark is just about his ministry, and so he focuses on that. And John is about a theological context for what Jesus means in reflection. And the details of history are not as much his focus. But both Matthew and Luke feel it's very important to tell this story. It's amazing how differently they tell the story. They look at it from different perspectives because Matthew seems to have been thinking more from the Jewish point of view and what the Messiah means in the history of Israel, whereas Luke, his whole ministry under Paul, was his whole ex Christian experience was the outreach of the gospel to the Gentile worlds. So it's not surprising that he focuses on things that would have to do with the, the message to the Gentiles in Matthew, the message to the Jews. But they cross-pollinate as well. And uh, uh, this joy is a common word in both of the gospel accounts. Now, people have noted that joy and happiness are really two different things. And here's a little reminder that happiness happens. Now, this is a, a, a slogan. It's actually a trademarked slogan of a, uh, a children's center that has branches in different parts of uh, the country headquartered, I believe, in uh, Texas, but it's learning experience, children's centers, and happiness happens here. Now, they can't trademark that because, well, happy and happens go together. They go together because they come from the same root. Hap, happiness, look, here's a bunch of words from the word Hap, happy, happiness, something happens, or there is a happening, perhaps, maybe, hapless, that is, without hap. So what does hap mean? It means fortune, good fortune, luck almost. So things that happen just happen. That's the way we use that word in English. Uh, but they happen, and you can find out the cause of the happening. The cause of the happiness is that a certain thing happened. So happiness is a positive experience based on circumstances. 
Now, that's not a, a throwaway word. The Greek word makarios, which means happy or happening, is the word that begins the Beatitudes. In our Bible, it says, blessed is the person who does this and that. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. That's the word that's translated happy through most of the New Testament. So in some modern versions, you'll find it says happy is the poor, or happy is the meek, and, and so forth. And it makes you feel, hmm, that's a little weak. But that's the word. It has, has meaning to it. But notice that the Beatitudes are happy because of something. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For I'm not sure what it says, they shall inherit the kingdom of God or whatever. But there's a reason for the happiness, okay? Now the word joy comes from a Greek word. And we're going to look at that word in the Greek. Joy is chara, which begins with, in, in Greek it looks like an X, but in English we make it a CH. So chara is joy. And that second word below it, chairo, hear that? Uh, it's not Egypt. It, it means I rejoice. And Eucharist in the Catholic celebration of the Lord's Supper means true joy. And uh, now the word charis is the word for grace. What an interesting thing. These two words come from the same root. And so charis, or chara, joy, comes as a result of grace, not as a result of things that happen, as a result of God's grace. So you can think of charis and chara as twins. God's grace produces joy. And that's what's special about biblical joy. Now, if... uh, (coughs) If you uh, read in the uh, Luke account, Luke starts before the birth of Jesus, and he starts with the Annunciation to uh, first Zechariah, Elizabeth, and then Mary. It's all in the early chapter of Jude of uh, Luke. Now this is Zechariah, who is a priest, and his wife Elizabeth. And then Mary is on the right, just looking over her shoulder. At this time, Mary is pregnant, and they're looking at the baby, John the Baptist. And all these prophecies came. So we're going to read about that account in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. Now, and I've been pregnant, Um, but I'm told that women feel that sometimes, especially the first time that baby moves. But this is really interesting because the word that for joy in this particular passage is a different word, and it's a word that has at its root the, the, the meaning of leap. So they made a word for joy out of leaping. And I don't know if some pregnant woman uh, created that word. But it certainly is a feeling of joy that you don't control. And this happens to you. 
because of a gracious act, because of the gift of God that is in you. So I'm reading from uh, back in the text. When Elizabeth heard Mary greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are the the Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. It's really interesting. If you look at the Greek, it's like they use the, the verb for joy. That's what Elizabeth said. That verb for joy as leaping and then also use the word for leap. So it's a double leap. And this is the kind of joy Elizabeth was experiencing. Verse 45, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. That's again that leaping word for joy. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And then there's a long uh, quote from the Old Testament and then verse 56, and Mary remained with her, with Elizabeth, about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her. Great mercy is like another term for grace. The Lord had shown his great mercy to her. And they rejoiced with her. That word again. Then uh, skip down to chapter 2. And we get to the account. This is after the birth of Jesus. And the account of the shepherds. Now in that same region. There were shepherds living in the fields. Keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified, filled with fear. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing good news of great joy for all people. Now, it's interesting, a couple of times in the birth accounts of Jesus, the initial impulse to God's grace was fear. In fact, it's described as being terrified or being overwhelmed with fear. It's something, it's something, there's no explanation for the feeling that you have. And, and so you respond with fear, and then the angels give reassurance. No, the right response is not fear, but joy. And here's why. God has intervened. God has given the gift. It is a grace gift. And then... If you look at verse 11, um, excuse me, let's start with verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day 
in the city of David as Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord, this will be a sign for you, a sign but not a, an explanation. This will be a sign for you. Uh, you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. The, 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 the fear gave way to an overwhelming and undeniable sense of joy. And the sign was their response, partly, to this baby wrapped in clothes, swaddling blanket, lying in a manger. Now we're going to skip to Matthew, and Matthew gives the account of the wise men, or magi, in, verse, in chapter 2, verse 9. When they had heard the king, remember that the wise men went to King Herod and said, where shall we find the baby? And he had his experts come in and they said, well, the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And he told them, when they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. King James says they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. It's a very emphatic kind of joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening the treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Greek translation of the word joy throughout this, these last passages is chara, the joy that comes from charis, the grace of God. The grace of God was the baby in the manger. The result was joy in their hearts. I couldn't help but think of the title of the book by C.S. Lewis, Surprised by Joy. He was very important in my spiritual journey, as he has been for others. But C.S. Lewis uh, wrote about an experience he had, and he, he, he discussed it from the time he was a little child. And I think his first experience that he identified with this word joy happened when he was maybe 10 years old and uh, maybe even a little younger. He was playing with some toy soldiers that his brother had given to him. And uh, when he, his mind imagined uh, the battlefield and where these soldiers were, he found himself kind of like go someplace else. And, and he was going into an imaginary world. And the experience he had, he described as joy. It was something he didn't expect. And that's why he says he was surprised by joy. Then he talks about some other experiences during his boyhood and young adulthood in which he was surprised by joy. Now, those experiences did not lead to his salvation. In fact, he turned from the faith he was brought up in at 15, he proclaimed he was an atheist and uh, upset his parents and others around him. And he just knew too much to believe in God. And it took him until he was 33. That's another 
18 years of thinking of himself as an atheist to have his most awesome experience of joy. And that was his conversion. And he talked about, he could tell you the place he was, and he walked about two blocks to this other place. And he said, when I was at this place, I did not believe. When I was at this place, I fully believed. What came over him? Joy came over him. That's how he described it. He could, could not understand. Now, some of you may think that because his wife was named Joy Davidson, that, that's what he was surprised by. But he didn't marry her until he was 58. That was quite a bit later. <laughs> but he says, Joy has indeed one characteristic and one only in common with them, the fact that anyone has experienced it will want it again. That was his experience with the childhood joy. He wanted it again. He wanted to find it again. I doubt whether anyone who has tasted it would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. But then joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is. That's his personal testimony of joy that came to him with his spiritual new birth, which is kind of a little bit like that baby in the manger. It's a grace gift from God that you can't quite explain, but is overwhelming. And Christmas is a grace gift from God. That's why the word joy is repeatedly used and not the word happy or happiness. It doesn't depend on life circumstances the way happiness does. It makes us joyful in the midst of our life circumstances, whatever they are. Christmas time, our gifts, our celebration, our family gatherings, all add to our happiness. When we're together with the people we love, we feel happy. And that's good. And so, Merry Christmas. Merry is another word for happy, I think. Merry Christmas is an okay thing to say, but joyful Christmas means you've experienced something which can't be explained by who's gathered together and what gifts you've given or received. So, the the, the baby in the womb meant to Mary and Elizabeth joy that came from the grace of God. And that's what the angels experienced when they were standing on the hillside and, or the shepherds experienced and they heard the angels say, joy, joy has come to you today. And that's what the magi, the wise men, experienced as they saw that star and that the star had stopped over a specific location. Joy, it says, overcame them. Joy, surprising joy. Because God's grace has the last word over, we can debate whether we have a right to be happy or not based on our circumstances, but when it's all done, man, you just, don't just have a right to be joyful. It is the automatic response to what God has done. And it doesn't depend on your circumstances. 
God's grace has the last word, and that word is joy. And so, here's the last thing I want to leave with you. The word joy in Greek, see, Greek's going to have the last word here. <laughs> the word joy, chara, comes from the word grace, charis. Charis and chara are twins that we celebrate at Christmas time. God's grace causes joy to well up in us. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome grace gift. We can keep talking about the birth of that baby and what it means, but in the end, we are speechless because there is no explanation for why you would do what you did on that first Christmas morning. There is no explanation for why your grace was poured out on poor shepherds and rich magi and a poor couple in that little town and poor us. No explanation, but there is great assurance in that your gift of grace is given regardless of our circumstances. And therefore, we can rejoice this Christmas, whatever our circumstances are. Thank you, through Jesus Christ. Amen.